Next up is the blood supply to the skin. What is the blood supply to the epidermis? There are no blood vessels directly to the epidermis. The epidermis receives its nutrients via diffusion. Describe the major plexuses providing blood to the skin. The skin has six major plexuses. The first is the subfascial plexus, which is a small plexus on the deep side of the fascia. Second, the prefascial plexus. These are lar a large plexus, superficial to the deep fascia, mainly supplying the septocutaneous vessels. Septocutaneous plexus is at the level of the superficial fascia mainly supplied by the musculocutaneous vessels, and it's the main plexus for the torso. The subdermal plexus is the main plexus supplying blood to the skin and accounts for dermal bleeding during surgery. The dermal plexus mainly contains arterioles that are important for thermoregulation. And finally, the subepidermal plexus, which are small muscles without muscles in their wall. What is an angiosome? An angiosome is a composite block of tissue supplied by a named artery. Who described angiosomes? Angiosomes were described by Manchot in 1889 and then further descriptions by Salmon in 1930 and Taylor and Palmer. What are the differences between anatomical territories of angiosomes, potential territories, and dynamic territories? The anatomical area is the area directly provided by a vessel, up to the point that it anastomoses with the adjacent vessel's branches, which are the choke vessels. The potential territory is the area that can be provided for when using the delay phenomenon. And finally, the dynamic territory is an area where the staining extends to after the injection of IV fluorescein. Who described the territories of the Dieppe? The Dieppe has had two descriptions of its territories. The first by Hartrumpf in 1982, whereby the zone 2 sits on the ipsilateral lateral extent of the flap and zone 3 on the contralateral central area. Holmes revised this in 2006 with zone 2 being on the contralateral central area and zone 3 the ipsilateral lateral area. How is the muscle tone of vessels controlled?
There are four theories as to how muscle tones of vessels are controlled. The first, by Bayliss, the myogenic theory, is linked to pressure. Increased intraluminal pressure leads to constriction, whereas decreased intraluminal pressure leads to dilation. This is what sorts calls the hyperemia after tourniquet use. Neural innervation, arterials and arterial venous acidemosis and pre-capillary sphincters are all sympathetically innervated. Humoral factors will play a role, adrenaline, noradrenaline, serotonin, thromboxane A and prostaglandins all lead to constriction. Histamine, bradykinin, reduced oxygen and higher CO2s leads to dilation. And finally temperature with heat causing dilation. What are the theories that explain delay phenomenon? There are six theories as to what may cause the delay phenomenon. The first, the increased axiality of the blood flow leads to removal of the blood from the periphery of a random pattern and thus the creation of an axial supply. The second theory is that there is increased tolerance to ischemia and the cells become accustomed to hypoxia, so therefore there's less necrosis after the second operation. Third is that the the sympathectomy vasodilatation. Dividing sympathetic fibres at the borders of a flap leads to vasodilation. But this only occurs after 48 hours. Intraflap shunting. The sympathectomy leads to arterial venous anastomosis dilatation and therefore increased capillary flow, bypassing the capillary bed. At the second operation, there's less sympathetic fibres remain, so there is less reduction in the nutritive blood flow across the capillaries. And then finally, the hyperadrenergic state of surgery leads to increased constriction, but the second operation has a smaller rise, and therefore the flap is less likely to have distal necrosis. All these theories were brought together by Pearl in the unifying theory which he wrote up in 1981. What are the advised length-breadth ratios for random pattern flaps? In the lower limb, a random pattern flap should have a length-width ratio of 1 to 1. This can be up to 6 to 1 in the face. What are direct axial flaps? These are flaps that contained a named artery in the subcutaneous tissue. For example, a groin flap, which contains the superficial circumflex iliac artery, or the delta pectoral flap, supplied by the internal mammary artery. Describe Cormac and Lambert's classification for fasciocutaneous flaps.
McCormack and Lamberty described three main types of fascia cutaneous flaps. Type A is a flap with multiple non-named fascia cutaneous vessels that enter at the base of the flap. An example of these would be a lower leg superflap. Type B, a single fascia cutaneous vessel, runs along the axis of the flap. For example, a parascapular flap. Type C, multiple small perforated vessels reach the flap from a deep artery running in the, fa in the fascial septum between the muscles. For example, the radial forearm and lateral arm flaps. And finally, there is a type C with bone, which would include the radial forearm flap with a segment of radius. Describe Mathers and Nahai's fasciocutaneous classification. Mathers and Nahai had three types within their classification. Type A is a direct cutaneous pedicle, for example, the groin flap. Type B has septocutaneous pedicle, for example, scapula, parascapula, and lateral arm flap. And type C has a musculocutaneous pedicle, for example, the median forehead flap, nasolabial flap, and the ALT. What is Mathers and the Hyers musculocutaneous flap classification? Mathers and the Hyers musculocutaneous flap classification has five types. Type 1, a singular vascular pedicle, for example, the gastrocnius, tensor fasciolata, and abducti digiti minimi. These are all good flaps of transfer. Type 2 has a dominant pedicle and a minor pedicle, for example, soleus, gracilis. Type 3 has two dominant pedicles from opposite ends of the muscle, for example, pec minor, and the rectus. Type 4 has multiple segmental pedicles such as sartorius and these are rarely used. And finally type 5 which has one dominant pedicle plus secondary segmental pedicles and we see this in latissimus dorsi and pec major. What is a transposition flap? A transposition flap is a flap that's moved into an adjacent defect, leaving a secondary defect that must be closed by another method. What's an interpolation flap? An interpolation flap is a flap that's moved into a defect either under or above an intervening bridge of tissue. What are relaxed skin tension lines? Relaxed skin tension lines are lines that run parallel to natural wrinkles or rittids and are perpendicular to the fibres of the underlying muscle. What are the lines of maximum extensibility? These are lines that run perpendicular to the relaxed skin tension lines.
and therefore in parallel to the underlying muscles. How should an incision be orientated? Ideally, an incision should be orientated parallel to the relaxed skin tension lines. If this is not always obvious, it's also parallel to the direction of hair growth. What can Z-plasters be used for? There are four principal uses for Z-plasters. Increasing the length of a tissue or scar, breaking up a straight line scar, realigning a scar, or prophylactically after surgery to prevent contraction, such as in Jupiter's releases. What is the relationship between the angles in the Z-plasty and the elongation of the Z-plasty? The larger the angle of the Z-plasty, the larger the elongation. So a 30 degree angle will give 25% elongation, a 40 degree angle 50%, a 60 degree angle 75%, a 75 degree angle 100% and a 90 degree angle 125%. Do the angles and lengths of the limbs in the Z-plasties need to be equal? No, the angles can be different, but the lengths must be the same. How do you design a Z-plasty? To design a Z-plasty, first mark the desired direction of the new scar, then draw the central limb along the original scar. Finally, draw lateral limbs from each end of the central limb to the desired line and select the pattern with the narrowest angle. What is a five flat plaster used for? There are two principal clinical uses for a five flat plaster. One is releasing the first web space and secondly, they can be used when recreating epicanthal folds. What's the role of a W-plasty? A W-plasty can be used to break up the line of a scar. What effect do W-plasties have on wound length? W-pluses do not affect the length of a wound and hence can be used where Z-pluses would be inappropriate. What techniques can be used for increasing the advancement in an advancement flap? There are three principal ways in which an advancement flap can be further advanced. The first, counter incisions, where incisions are made curvilinear into the central part of the flap. 
Second, Burroughs triangles at the base. Third, Z-plasters. Describe how you would draw out a keystone flap. The first step would be to create an ellipse that runs parallel to the deep structures. The width of the ellipse, x, is then transposed for a further x on the neighbouring tissue. A parallel line is created which joins the original ellipse at 90 degrees. Blunt dissection is made all the way down to the deep fascia. If required, the lateral deep fascial margin can be incised. How would you create a bipedical flap? A bipedical flap is set up with slightly different geometry to a keystone flap. In a bipedical flap, the width of the lesion, in this case Y, is transposed to Y onto the adjoining soft tissue. The height of the lesion, X, is the marking point for the length of the parallel incision in the neighbouring tissue, whereby a curve of 4x is created that runs in parallel to the original ellipse. Where is the pivot point in a transposition flap? The pivot point for a transposition flap is the base of the flap furthest away from the lesion. Describe how to draw a rhomboid flap. When designing a rhomboid flap, first identify the relaxed skin tension lines. Then orientate the base of the rhomboid on the, ma the maximum elasticity lines, the ones that run perpendicular to the Langer's lines, the relaxed skin tension line. From there, create the rhomboid which has angles of 60 degrees, 120, and drop the rhomboid flap down from one of the 120 lines. In rotation flaps, what is the relationship between the circumference and the defect? The circumference of the flap should be five to eight times the defect width. How would you design a rotation flap and where is the pivot point? With a rotation flap, first mark your lesion and the required margin. Then triangulate the lesion with a 
an extension that's length is 2x the width of the lesion to be excised. The pivot point sits at an imaginary line if the triangulated lesion were to be converted into a rectangle where the pivot point lies at the central angle of the rectangle.